0: to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark.
1: Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm the other one, Yucca. And welcome to the Halloween season. This is the season when we celebrate Hallows or Samhain or whatever you choose to call it, um, it's a wonderful witchy holiday that we pagans really enjoy. It's both fun and and kind of wacky and creative and as well as deep and meaningful and solemn. and it's just a really good time all the way around. So this is our episode to talk about how we celebrate that holiday and what it means to us. Right. So welcome. So there's a lot to this.
0: There is. Yeah. So I guess we should start with what and when is this holiday?
1: Ah, right. Okay. Well, you first. What do you think it is and when?
0: <laughs> well, I, for me, it's it's a little fuzzy on both levels. So there are two holidays that overlap with each other for me. There is Halloween, and mm-hmm. then there's Holos, or Second Autumn, or Sawain. I'm not really sure about what name. It's a little bit fluid there. But there's the, the kind of secular Halloween, which is mm-hmm. just a celebration of the autumn, spooky, candy, you know, family fun stuff. And then there's also the... The season that we're in, which is this time of remembering the ancestors, honoring of death, of the sunset of the year, really, this going into truly going into the cold, dark time of the year. Mm-hmm. And I know that when we were at solstice, yes, we kind of flipped over, or the equinox is, is getting closer, but now it really is the cold of the year in my climate we almost always get our first snow as the kids are trick-or-treating that's what it (laughs) happens right is the kids are out trick-or-treating and it snows on them so it's it's a halloween is the 31st but Mm -hmm. the other holiday is kind of around that time when it feels when it feels right for me right Mm -hmm. when we we kind of do the holidays at the closest day that works for us we're not too worried about getting the exact moment because it's not like the solstice where the solstice i set an alarm for right the moment of the solstice mm-hmm. and you know sometimes that's going to be 2 15 in the morning i'll just wake up see it's the solstice and go back sleep or you know that kind of thing but mm-hmm. with this it's a little bit more wiggle room
1: so what about for you well, I, I think we have some similarities, but some differences. I have a little bit more formal definition of when the holiday is. Mm-hmm. I consider this holiday to be a week long, mm-hmm. and it extends from the 31st through the 7th of, October, of November, which is when the actual midpoint is between the equinox and the solstice.
0: It's my littlest birthday, actually.
1: Fantastic. Yes, he's our little Sawin so, baby. So, so official Sawin <laughs> is, is, is when your little one's birthday is. That's great. So, and I agree with you that, um, on Halloween, we celebrate the secular holiday, which is the candy and the costumes and the, but it's still got all those thematic pieces wrapped up in it, right? It's all the death imagery, all of the sort of scary monsters, most of whom have to do with coming back to life after being dead, which is something that we have a, a real aversion to, apparently.
0: Discomfort, yeah. Yeah, there's, there, a, that, there's a transformation. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah there and there's that transformation both in like coming back from the dead but the halloween the costumes and stuff have this you get to be somebody else as well to it right right yeah
1: yeah you get to be somebody else and often the way that that expresses itself is as kind of the darker side of your personality or the sexier side of your personality things that you don't feel necessarily comfortable to express all the time but there's this day mm-hmm. when you're given permission to be able to do that kind of stuff, and that's really important. I mean, I feel like we need more days like that. yeah, and people can dress up weird and not be judged for it. so the that's the secular part with the with the candy and the decorations and all that kind of stuff. But then the rest of the week is the more solemn, kind of contemplative part where there's time to think about those that have died and are gone. And there's time to reflect on my own mortality and update my death packet, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, do all that kind of mortality-oriented work that, that I just feel is necessary and this is the right time of year to do it. And then on the first weekend of November, which is typically, I mean, it's typically like the 6th, 7th, 5th, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. is when my circle holds its soin ritual. Which we've Mm. this will be our thirty-third soin ritual in a row, one of which was online because of COVID. But other than that, we've done them in person. And and I'll talk about that when we talk about rituals, but that's the more solemn observance, really kind of encounter with death piece. Yeah.
0: And this doesn't seem to be for either of our practices but for many pagans this is also the new year right so there's different points at which you can start the year and for some this is is that that point right and
1: yeah. and i think that from a i mean certainly from the standpoint of my orientation to the wheel of the year there's a real logic to starting there because you know the, the process of decomposition and then reassembly of new life is metaphorically represented by the, the hallows holiday, right? Mm-hmm. So this time between now and Yule is the time when the decomposition and recomposition is happening and then Yule is birth, right? right? So there's a logic there, but for me, it's just too hard to try to Address new new Year's in November mm-hmm. it's so much easier just to say that my new year is at the winter solstice, which is only about ten days before the the secular the calendar yeah calendar new year. It just is a lot easier to deal with if I have a new Year's Eve party on November sixth. Everybody's going to look at me funny, but if I have a New <laughs> Year's Eve party uh, yeah. somewhere you know, in the neighborhood of the solstice, then that makes a little more sense. Yeah.
0: Well, and I can also certainly see the logic that people have. For us, it it doesn't feel like that as much because this is the time of the year where we've been getting ready for this time of the year. We have the, it doesn't feel like we're starting new yet. It's like this is what we've been preparing for right this is we've sure. got all the harvest this is stored up and as we keep going through the months well then you know we get to to using up our stores of wood and our stores of food and and that's quite on the literal side but we could use that metaphorically as well and so for me starting anew when things are kind of bare you know yeah. e- either the calendar year or even more towards spring really starts to feel like a new year to me. Mm. So, Uh
1: yeah, uh, I, I can see that. And of course the thing is time is, time is linear, right? Time just goes on. mm -hmm. So, you know, we, and the earth because of our seasonal cycles, it moves in cycles. Mm -hmm. So there's any point that you put down on the, the 365 and a quarter days that we Mm -hmm. have in a given revolution around the sun and say, that's the beginning has, is inherently arbitrary there's sure. I mean, it can't be any more arbitrary than January 1st, which makes absolutely (laughs) has no astronomical relation or anything. I'm sure there's something about the conversion from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar that moved new year's Eve from. uh, Well,
0: that's why Christmas and solstice aren't on the same point. right. Right. And then, and then the way that the months shifted Right. Because the astronomical months, like in terms of lining up the zodiac with our months, they don't quite fit. And then we have to remember that, you know, Earth's orbit isn't actually circular in terms of right. how much we spend in each of the constellations. And so I don't know why, but. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: it's uh, my point being that it's all kind of arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, whatever works for you, that's great for me. Doing New Year's now just doesn't make as much sense, especially because this holiday is so much about endings, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think it's a little it's a little abrupt and peremptory to say, "Okay, we're done with endings. Happy New Year. I think this this season is important enough and the processes that it commemorates are important enough that having a whole what is it, seven weeks between, seven, eight weeks between the holiday and Yule mm-hmm. to really kind of let this, the meanings of this season settle in, mm-hmm. you know, to reflect on them, to write about them, to think about them, you know, that, that miraculous process that's happening in the soil right now, which is all of the decomposers are going nuts with mm-hmm. all the the leaves they're being fed and the water they're getting that they weren't getting before and all that kind of thing, I think speaks to a level of being appropriate to recognize decomposition as really what what's the main game happening at this time of year in the temperate zone of the Northern Hemisphere. Right. And
0: I'm glad that you, that you bring that up, right? Because we are speaking from, even though we are from different climates, we're still from this closer to each other so we're both in temperate northern hemisphere right. whereas you know life is going to be very different in uh, the tropics or southern hemisphere and or if you get farther towards the poles like it it really changes over earth so every place that you are is going to be different so yeah
1: yeah yep that's that is so so that that's when and and what we call it, I mean, I've heard some other names for this season, but and I prefer Hallows because it's not, it's just an English word. It's not Halloween because Halloween is kind of the secular holiday with trick-or-treating and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And Hallows sounds much more sort of solemn and gothy, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: but it still is similar enough that there's the, the same sort of themes going on.
1: Right. Yeah. And I don't use the the Celtic word because I'm not a derivation, and I'm trying not to. In my particular practice, I'm trying not to draw on any particular cultural frame, mm-hmm. so I'm not I'm not appropriating. I'm just just doing something that started in around the, the around the turn of the 21st century with some old folkloric practices, kind of drawn in, and one item of appropriation, which is the wheel of the year which was invented in the 1950s. So yes. I don't feel too badly about it. Well,
0: invented but but heavily drawing on multiple different cultures traditions. Sure. Right, they they took, you know, some of the Celtic festivals and Germanic and you know and they and the names themselves you look at their their mixes from lots of different languages, so and then that was a sort of stuck together. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and that's all, you know, Fair enough. I mean, I, I, think, I think the success of the Wheel of the Year as a kind of near universal, I mean, I can't speak to Norse heathen folks or Kemetic folks or whatever, but in my experience of the pagan community of North America, the Wheel of the Year is a near universal cycle of holidays that are celebrated. Well, I and think
0: because it's so grounded in what's happening with the earth. It's not. In
1: reality. Yeah.
0: Yeah it's not just arbitrary right we don't just pick a day you know this day it's well why we've got the the solstices we've got the equinoxes we've got the transition between them which is john has talked about often about it being you know the the temperature shifts mm-hmm. rather than what's going on with tilt <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And so that's why I think it's so successful, because it is grounded in reality. And I wouldn't have adopted it for Atheopaganism if it wasn't grounded in reality, because my whole thing was, let's do a paganism that's grounded in reality.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, there's wiggle room, though, right? When you talk about the particular dates, right? When we're saying May 1st or October 31st, you know, those aren't necessarily the actual midpoints and which midpoint are we using right are we using the the midpoint in the orbit or are we using the midpoint in the days like how are we doing that so there's you know there's
1: wiggle room there right for sure so having established that the whole thing is kind of fuzzy Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about kind of themes and practices and all that good kind of stuff
0: yeah so Looking at Hallows in particular?
1: Or are we going to talk about Halloween first? Well, I suspect that our listeners probably have a pretty good grasp on what Halloween is about. <laughs> I think so, yeah. And I'm and I I mean I love Halloween. I just I think it's wonderful. I love all the decorations and the 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 imagery and all that good kind of stuff. So and I love dressing up in costumes and I love you know, playing characters and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's definitely been a holiday that resonates a lot for me, but I think it makes more sense to talk about the, the more solemn and kind of reverential side of this holiday season. You know, we, we just had an episode about ancestors Mm -hmm. and recognizing ancestors and, and about death about confronting mortality And, you know, remembering those that are gone in Mm. our, and we've, we've talked about this before in our naturalistic approach to cosmology, we don't see compelling evidence to believe in an afterlife. Yeah, And so we don't believe in one. And what that means is that, that death is, it's the end. Mm -hmm. And that's a very serious thing to contemplate. You know, we have these lives that are so precious to us, and knowing that they're going to end sets the stage for everything else. It creates the context for all the decisions we make.
0: Mm. Yeah. So as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, these are themes that we're thinking about, both our own death, the deaths of others, the those beloved dead. That- mm mm-hmm. That are gone already
1: right right, right. yeah, and so you know this this is the time, like, and not not necessarily just in the last cycle. I mean, certainly if you've had losses within the last cycle that the the hurt of that is most vivid Raw. because it's most recent. yeah. and so you know, lighting a candle or lighting candles you know, for those that you've lost is, it can be a very meaningful thing, you know, reviewing the pictures of, of the, the people that you've lost and remembering the times that you had with them together. And in this case, I'll say people in a, in a very general and vague sense, people, you know, including cats and dogs and. People, yeah. People, not just
0: humans, right? but people. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, I have a practice that includes some recognition of that on an an ongoing basis because of my evening ritual, where I light a candle on my underworld focus and say, the honored dead every night. Mm -hmm. And that is as much to remind myself that I'm going to die as it is about anyone else. It's, It's really just about keeping me grounded in the fact of my mortality and that I need to If there's stuff I want to do, I need to get going on it because time is short. Right. And as
0: we've said so many times, we don't know how much time we have. Mm -mm. We know that it's limited, but we don't know if it's tomorrow
1: or if it's in 20 years, 50 years, whatever it is. Yeah. I have an acquaintance who three months ago suddenly got a diagnosis of stage 3 pancreatic cancer. Wow. And... So he's going to be gone really soon, yeah. Barring barring an extremely unlikely, it's recovery. it's
0: very rare, yeah. Really rare. That's how my father in law went. Oh, it was yeah. just it, it was a matter of months. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So, and you know, I mean, he had some he'd had some dietary complaints and some you know kind of abdominal discomfort, but nothing particularly serious and went to the doctor. And next thing he knows, he's dying. So these are things that can happen to us. They, they happen to people and we are people, you know, one of the things that is really important to try to get your head around in contemplating your mortality is that you're not special and different when it comes to mortality. <laughs> I know you've been the protagonist of your your movie <laughs> since the time you were born. <laughs> But the truth is that life will kill off the main character that's just you know all, st- all stories end. Yes. Can consider life to be you know the the process of life to be the George R.r. R. Martin of, of your personal movie just just because you're an important character doesn't mean you get out alive
0: So that's one of the really big themes here, right and that mm-hmm. and remembering our own and the one and the people close to us that sometimes feel almost like us at times, right? Yes,
1: that it's unimaginable that they could ever be gone. Yeah. And my encouragement at this time of year is, well, imagine it, you know? That won't make it happen sooner, right? Won't make it happen sooner. And it, and it, it it probably won't make it any less painful when it does happen. But it will make you more able to grapple with it when it does happen. I mean, I've known people who have been impacted by the death of a parent and they've just been so crushed, just so devastated that like inconsolable when the truth is, if you live to be a decent age, this is something kind of to be expected, you know, we, we, we all run out of time, and they do too. So you can help yourself by, by these contemplations. I know the, the Tibetan Buddhists have elaborate meditations about um, your own death, about the death of those around you, about, I mean, the impermanence of your society. They, they're nothing if not thorough. I think
0: that, that all of this just, for me, highlights just how precious life is the Mm -hmm. moments that we have and and helps to to act as almost like a filter to help us filter out what matters and what doesn't what am i wasting my time on and so and also having some comfort in the memories right thinking about the whoever it was and the in the wonderful things of that, right? Sure. So there's, there's this solemnness to it, but there's, there's also a little, this, this quiet joy
1: underneath it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about the Irish tradition of the wake and there's a lot of laughter at a wake. Mm-hmm. you know, because people are telling stories of the the one who's dead and a lot of those are, Funny stories, happy stories, (laughs) what happened at the pub, right? Yeah, exactly. So you you remember that time when and and that's all that's all very very much to be embraced and encouraged because grief. I I heard a great synopsis of grief once, which is grief is love with nowhere to go. Mm. And I think when we revisit those stories about the people when they were alive, we're able to feel some of the love that we have for them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, there for, for an instant there, because we're living in a memory rather than in the current moment, there is a place for the love to go. And I think that that is very helpful when we think about funerary rites, um, which we talked about, when we did a, right, a rite of passage. Oh, it's been a couple story.
0: of years at this point. It's, it's been a long time
1: ago. And we might want to revisit those I think
0: so. Yeah. rites
1: of passage again. I think um, that
0: probably is still in 2020.
1: Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, this has that, been that, quite a while. Yeah, that is quite a while, because we're coming up on 2023. <laughs> yep. Uh, wow. Yeah. So... Um, Yeah, when you think about that, and we think about funerary rites, those are for the living. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they're conducted in accordance with the wishes of the one who has died. But in some cases, you kind of have to overrule the dead person. In my opinion, particularly when the dead person says, I don't want any ceremony. I don't want any memorial. I don't want, you know, Mm -hmm. anything. You know, the reality is the people who survive you, they need that. Yeah. Yeah. And whether or not you wanted something or not, it's probably a good idea that somebody organized something like that.
0: Yeah. So the funny thing is, at that point, it's not actually about you anymore.
1: That's right. You're the subject or you're the object, but you're not the subject, right? You're, you're no longer capable of being a subject. So it's, it's important, you know, that we that we revisit those memories. And one of the things that we can do at this time of year is to revisit memories of those that we've lost and what we've lost in the way of relationships, career steps, things that we loved in our life that are no longer there, or that we feel like it's time to put down and move away from. This is the time to do it. And so there are lots and lots of pagans all over the place casting casting what they are finished with into fires, either metaphorically or... Or quite literally. Written in on a, paper or... In a in cauldron. A, in, in, in a flaming cauldron, yes. <laughs> right and, and there will be during that week between Halloween and the first weekend in November, all over North America, certainly. Mm-hmm. It's good to have a time of year that is for that. Um, Because so much of the rest of the year is really focused on growth and goals and doing, 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 and then harvesting, which is a bunch more doing and, and all of that is so important because, right, we need, we need to do things in our lives. But there also comes a time when, you know, you recognize that the crop didn't come up, or it, basically failed and you cut down what is there and you compost it.
0: Yeah. And that it's okay to rest. It's time to rest. And that's the other half for us is in my family's tradition is that we look at this as the the beginning of night, the end of the year, the sunset. Right? It's the end of the year but it's not the beginning of the new year yet mm-hmm. right? Right. it's okay the the annual season is is gone now it's time the the plants are dying back many plants are annuals and they die back and the perennial ones are going dormant and it's just time to go okay the day is done the year is done i accept what was and what is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and here i am now
1: right right and that, that uh, corresponds exactly to my way of viewing the year as mapped along the arc of a human life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, middle age is at the autumnal equinox and then, or I'm sorry, elderhood is at the autumnal equinox and then death at hallows. And then there's this period leading up to Yule, which is the part that we never see of the life cycle because we're not alive during it. Or if we're alive, we're in a you know a zygote form (laughs) and not conscious enough to be aware of anything going on. But but there's all kinds of amazing stuff happening there. I mean, we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about decomposition here coming up, I guess, in our next episode. Yeah, next week. Yep. Uh, And the disassembly of what used to be alive and the reassembly of it by life into more of itself is it's this. Astounding trick that life does here on earth it's it's I mean you know we think of you know the the incredible scientific leap of dr Frankenstein right who's able to take what's dead and turn it into something living again well, that's what life does all the time yeah that's what it all, is all the yeah. time that's that's that is life that's what the process is so it's it's a great time to recognize that you know, death comes and, you know, then it's it's time, it's the end, Time the, the day is over and it's time to either go dormant and wait for another cycle or it's time to be disassembled and created into something else. And so going dormant and taking that rest time is really important. I think about all the Scandinavian countries that have these traditions of, you know, huddling up and putting on a fire and reading books. And I, I know Christmas day is a day of reading books in Iceland. Hmm. Um, it's traditional to give one another socks. Mm-hmm. So you have nice warm feet and there you are and you sort of puddle <laughs> up and read books. And it's, it and oh, just yeah. sounds like a great time. That's, that's what
0: we do with the whole Yule season. I love it so much. Every day is about warm, fuzzy socks and, hot you know nice hot bone broth and the fire crackling and Mm -hmm. cuddling kitties so yeah looking forward to that there's always that that bit of looking forward to the next season to come yes right there's this enjoying this one but going oh but just around the corner we have that that wonderful the snuggle season right right
1: yeah. And so that's another thing that sort of sweetens the bitter pill of, of the death Sabbath mm-hmm. is knowing that, well, yes. Okay. We're facing some very, very hard realities right now, um, which we need to because we are mortal beings. And, you know, if we're going to have a reality based practice, I go back to that again, Yeah, then we're going to acknowledge that we're temporary. And, That this is going to happen to us. But just on the other side of that season is this wonderful celebration of family and connection and friends and loved ones and, you know, eating sweets and eating too much and drinking too much and just having a a lovely, a lovely time kind of stowing in the last calories that we possibly can before the super cold arrives.
0: Right. (laughs) And if your if your climate gets it, the snow, right. So yeah, yeah,
1: we get a little bit of snow on top of this the the peaks around here every four or five years, but that's Mm. it. Yeah, Yeah. who knows what's going to happen with global warming now? Yeah, so we get yeah. Go on. So why don't we talk about rituals? Because we haven't actually talked about what we do specifically at this time of year, and I. I was going to tell the story about my circle Samhain, but I was wondering, what do you do for your, for your Hallows ritual or Samhain ritual?
0: Yeah. Well, I have a, a personal one that I do and we haven't really developed a full family one yet. And that, that I think is developing, you know, as, as the kids get older, they get to a point where they can different parts of life and reality kind of start to to set in. And so we'll we'll see what happens this year, but it's also an extremely busy time of year for us. Lots of birthdays and and Halloween itself and, and all of that. But so in maybe in next year or the year after I might have something different to say about what we do with the kids, but for me I choose an evening around this time and this is really the 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 big one for me. Where I go out and I sit outside in the garden. and at this point, it's crispy, right The garden there's there's not maybe there's a few of the leafy greens kind of trying to peek out, but I leave I leave it all. I haven't cleared it out. I leave a lot of the the plants till the spring anyways because of that's where a lot of the insects will overwinter, right. And I want to you know leave that habitat for them. But I'll sit out and i do not like to be cold <laughs> i'm one of those people you know if you're seeing the, re- the recording here i am sitting in my sleeping bag with a little hot water bottle at the at it with my sweater on but i'll go out without my big coat on and so that i am cold and i will feel that cold on my skin and sit down and and have a you know a, a personal kind of meditation or journey and just allow myself to feel that cold as the sun sets and just be out in the that cold, brown, crinkled garden watching the very first stars come out as the sun sets away. And just let myself let all those things go. All those things that that it's time to let them go from the year. Those fights that I had that you know I've been holding on to, and the things that that didn't work out, the dreams that didn't work out, the you know all of that stuff, and just let it go it's it's gone, it's going, it's dead, it's going to bed, whatever is happening to it, I've released it and accept it,
1: yeah, that's wonderful. that reminds me a little bit of. A thing that we do at Yule every year, which is to sit out with a cup of something warm, but to to sit out in the cold for about a half an hour or so and just feel the air temperature, feel mm-hmm. feel the cold and dark before we bring the light back into the house. So my circle, as I said, has been getting together for since 1991. So this will be our 33rd Samhain ritual, which is just Shocking to me. I don't know how that ever happened, but everybody who was in the circle to begin with is still there, and plus a couple more, mm-hmm. three, three more. And this, we've done some variety of this every year for many, many, many years. The circle started on on Halloween night um, in 1991, so it's it's Does also the math our,
0: work for that.
1: Yeah, because I mean, count I w- count one, two, three, right? It, it's like this will be the first.
0: Well, I was born in eighty nine, and I'm thirty three now. But I guess it's because this is the final. Anyways,
1: this is the this is the next year's... year. yeah. So this is right. the
0: next. Okay.
1: Right. This is this starts the next cycle. Okay. Yeah. So it's thirty three. The, and what we do is we build a focus a big altar next to a, a fire circle where there's a fire laid but not lit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the the focus has jack-o'-lanterns on it that are lit mm-hmm. um so it's glowing and there's there all these symbols and bones and skulls and things all over that and previously we it was just a raked circle that we made this is this is at the home of friends of ours who have forested land, redwood land. And this is an open clearing where we do this behind their house. Um, And previously we just, you know, raked the circle and set it up that way in recent years. It's a circle of chairs. (laughs) Sure. Because we've gotten to the point where many of us really need a chair and are not going to stand up for. Well, we had an episode about
0: that recently, right. About thinking about who is part of your ritual and what are the different needs of the people in that ritual? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it, I mean, I have to say it did feel like somewhat of a concession at some level to me. It was like, Oh boy, we're getting old, but we're getting old. (laughs) So there's not a lot to be said about it. Well, didn't you say you were the youngest
0: or one of the youngest? I'm the the youngest. Yeah. I'm the youngest
1: in the group. And the oldest is 86, 85, okay, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, and most of the folks are in their 60s or 70s, but, you know, we, when we first got together, I was in my 20s. <laughs> so it's just been a long time. So we get together and then we, we do a ritual that's about kind of letting go, letting go of... The things that we no longer need, letting go of life, letting go of letting go of our physical, you know, letting letting go of 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 existing in essence. Yeah. Literally, then, right? Yes. And we sing a couple of songs and we love to sing together and we harmonize together really beautifully. So it's really an enjoyable thing that we love to do. And then we, when we're ready march down to down through the forest and it's very dark down to a dark place that we've designated as the land of the dead Mm -hmm. and there we call out to those that we've lost and want to communicate with and we talk to them we we Tell them that we're sorry to lose them. And we tell them that we miss them. And we tell them that we love them and all those kinds of things. In most cases, when my father died, it was a little different. We do that for quite some time until the the cold starts kind of seeping into our bones and it starts to feel a little too comfortable being there in the land of the dead. And that's the cue that we need to get up and get out of there, because otherwise we might stay and that wouldn't be good. So hmm. we make our way back to the to the fire circle and we light the fire. Um, I use a sprig of yew tree that I've gathered from a cemetery nearby on Halloween the previous year. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, if I use this year's, it would be too green and it wouldn't actually light. Right. So the last year's yew sprig is sitting on my focus right now, drying, and that's what I'll use to light the fire. And then we share chocolate and wine and pomegranate and sing some more and sing about how happy we are to be alive. And we come back into the joyfulness of this existence, temporary as it is, and how glad we are to be with one another. And then you know, after after a while, that all kind of peters out, and we go inside and have a great big, huge feast, <laughs> and enjoy each other's company. And we do that as a as a stayover event. Mm-hmm. So you don't all, have to drive home
0: or anything like right, that, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. We can we can hang out and get in the hot tub or whatever, and just have a really nice time with mm-hmm. one another for that whole that whole weekend no oh, that's amazing it's so lovely and so transformative and you wouldn't think that after doing it so many times that it would be but every year there are different losses there are different things to speak to different circumstances and we change right from mm-hmm. year to year as people we change yeah so I'm thinking 3
0: decades of change
1: yes yes so it's it's a really profound thing and it's not a complicated ritual. And you can, you can, you could do this ritual Mm -hmm. without having a dark place in the forest to walk to. Mm -hmm. You could do that as a visualization, do it as a guided meditation instead. So just, you know, if you, if the space you have is a living room, you could do it right there. You could do it, you know, start in total darkness, you know, do your early, you know, except for maybe, you know, a jack-o'-lantern lit with an LED candle or whatever, if you don't Mm -hmm. want to set off your smoke alarm. And you could then do the voyage to the land of the dead. And you could, you could embellish that much more than we can in real life. You could row across the river Styx to the Island of Apples and, you know, meet your ancestors and stuff. There's all kinds of cool things you can do in a mental journey. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing proprietary about what we're doing. If this ritual sounds like it's appealing to you, go ahead and do it.
0: Yeah, and really anything that we share on the podcast that's that's if it's works for you and it sounds like it's something that you want to try out, please do. Right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, the reason we produce this podcast is for you, the listeners, to provide. Ideas, resources, thinking, opinion, take it or leave it, you know, whatever, whatever value you can get out of what we're providing, you know, we're, we're happy to, to provide it. So that's, that's Hallows. That's, that's the, the Halloween selling Hallows Sabbath season. Yep. And we hope that you have a uh, happy, cheery, spooky, goofy, sexy, solemn, reflective, <laughs> silly, silly m- meaningful passage of the season, because it is and can be all of those things at one time or another.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you,
1: everybody. Thank you. We'll see you next week.